Welcome to Dads with Nerdy Ambitions. I'm your host, Steve Pugh. Uh, I have been joined today by the wonderful, the impeccable, the amazing uh, Sam as my storyteller and co-host for tonight. Uh, and we have a special guest tonight. We have Corgan Cassidy of uh, By Night Studios, a writer for them, uh, who is here to talk to us about their new backer kit, uh, The Laws of Night. Uh, Corgan, thank you so much for being on the show tonight with us. Yeah, hey, it's great to be here. So what we're doing tonight, we're talking about this. Uh, you know, you guys are really chaotic right now. You literally just launched, what, two days ago? In, in, in the timing of this recording, uh, your backer kit for your guys' new book, uh, which is absolutely amazing. Um, I had to bring Sam on the show because I've only been doing this for about gosh, mm, Four months now, I think. February. We got you in. We got we got you into it in February, mate. Yeah. So <laughs> I haven't really been doing this long, and I don't think I would be doing uh, Vampires the Masquerade. I don't think I'd be doing you guys justice if I didn't have somebody who was an absolute fanatic and a just god when it comes to writing lore and utilizing your guys' system. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, so, how is the uh, the the, uh, the backer kit going for you guys? Uh, it's really great so far. You're right. It's been an absolute whirlwind of activity. People have been talking on all the socials. Uh, we're what? It's uh, 4 o'clock Pacific time. We started at mm -hmm. 7 a.m. yesterday Pacific time. Mm -hmm. uh, I think around at this point, we're at around sixty-three dollars or $64,000. Uh, so we're more than double funded, uh, which has been it's been amazing. The community support and uh, the level of interest. Um, a lot of the really big tiers were picked up right away on day one and um yeah just it's uh it's been an amazing uh to be a part of uh, and uh it's my first time so uh it's uh it's kind of in, it's kind of incredible to watch the uh the marketing folks work there's a lot of hard work going on behind the scenes at finite studios mm -hmm. uh so i want to thank all the uh all the folks working behind the scenes on on this book to make it happen absolutely yeah, you guys have been very responsive, been very like excited about doing this interview, and I was absolutely blasted and, and excited to do this with you guys. Um, now I, I'm curious because this is your first writing with this, and you are writing into uh, a lore and a game that is, I would argue, quite possibly one of the most popular, if not the most popular, LARPing game out there. Uh, what was going through your mind when you you know you said yeah I'll I'll do this. <laughs> uh, fitting fitting it in with work and uh -huh. uh, and uh, doing all of it all of it justice. Um, you're right. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade has been around for uh, a very long time since the, since the '90s. It's seen multiple iterations over the years. I, I'm in, you know, I've been an avid fan of By Night Studios material since uh, I started it as well. Uh, LARPing, uh, Vampire Masquerade back in 2014. And uh, over the years, I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of great people, uh, be mentored by a lot of uh, great players and learn a lot of lore. Um, but where V5 was actually, you know, proved itself to be special to me was... Um, the way that it was designed to be awesome for new players to get involved in. Um, and uh, Jason Carl from Paradox, uh, he posted something on his uh, on his Facebook at one point recently that was basically this beautiful summary of what V5 is about. It's a, it's a game about 
what vampires are doing tonight to survive. It's not a game about a massive meta plot. It's not a game about, you know, these necessarily all these, this grand global conspiracy. It's a, it's a game focused on the here and now was what I took from that. Mm-hmm. And I found, I found that that was really uh, helpful for, you know, thinking about how to design in this game more recently um, and sort of what the approach we want to take with it is. Um, because ultimately when you're making a LARP product, you want to make a product that's about the people here and now so that it feels personal. And of course there's, you know, there's, there's, there's some great ways to get into more, you know, larger meta plot, uh, situations. Uh, and there's great meta plot stuff put out in the tabletop books, which is, uh, the line we're a part of. Um, but when you get right down to it, you make, when you make a LARP or a book, you want to make it about making the experience here and now fun and accessible to new players. Uh, and so that, that, that sort of was what I kind of came to think over time was how do I make this book? How do I make it well? And how do I make it accessible to people? Um, Absolutely. That, that makes total sense. Now you're not the only writer on this. You had to, you collaborated with a few others. Uh, how, what was going through your guys' minds when you sat down? Like, did you think about each clan step-by-step? Step? Did you think, Hey, what can we, what did we like? What did we not like? What are players telling to us? um what was your process uh i had a lot of conversations uh early on with the lead developer jason herman and it was about coming up with ways to one be faithful to the tabletop material Mm -hmm. while two making it simplified and streamlined so that the larp product can basically so that the mechanics really do a good job of supporting the stories that we're trying to tell um and so there was a lot of conversations about well how do we make core systems and the 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 meat and potatoes of this thing so that it serves the the storytellers and players that we're who are trying to tell stories and so that you don't have to be a math genius to play this game uh and so a lot of early focus was in coming up with sort of the skeleton of the system that would that we could build on to make that a reality. Uh, so it started it started with discussion of core systems, the way that the numbers would work, work at the and also where we wouldn't put numbers. Um, you'll notice when you buy this book that there isn't a big series of stacking bonuses coming from a million different sources. A pool is an attribute plus a skill. Uh, there might be a way or two to get a bonus here and there. Like you can blood, you know, if you if you rouse the blood and do a blood search, uh, mm-hmm. you'll be able to get a bonus, you know, on a test. Or maybe you'll have a one time a night dyscrasia bonus. Uh, or, you know, if you're using equipment, there's a small bonus there. But really, it's largely this game is about adding two numbers that are below five together, which makes it really easy for players to quickly do their math compare any ties because it is an rps system where the numbers matter for the ties uh and just move on previous systems uh which i had a lot of fun with but which were more mechanically complicated had uh you know you get multiple sources of uh bonuses from disciplines possible merits possible equipment so you'd be adding up you know six or seven numbers at a time coming up with a big number uh, this game, we're trying to keep the numbers quick, the math easy, and ultimately that is all so that the tests go go fast, and you can get right back to the acting. Hmm. Um, that you know, when you zoom back out, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Uh, so 
most of my background when it comes to RPGs is Dungeons and Dragons based. I know Sam is very much the storyteller here for the VTM sides. Um, are you continuing to do it justice by making it storyteller friendly? Is it very open world as it kind of seemed before, or are you trying to more streamline it down the line? Uh, when you say open world, what do you mean versus oh, streamlining it down the line? Um, I guess I I, I kind of put I, it like I think what, yeah go ahead Sam I, I think what's interesting because I'm actually you know I was playing I played the Laws of the Night when it was the Laws of the Night back in 1996 so you know I'm aging myself quite badly here but like I played White Wolf's like original LARP system that they constructed um, and I th remember one of the th the things about it back then was you dreaded getting into any kind of scenario where you actually had to do something like the role play and everything was fine but somebody would attack you in combat and you knew that for the next hour you would be throwing rock paper scissors just to resolve one small series of conflicts and what was so nice about the Binite Studio system when it came out in 2014 was how they did streamline it back then and how much more efficient they made it and suddenly it was a, a system that supported the live role play rather than actually like interrupted it for long periods of number crunching so i'm intrigued to say that you you're you've streamlined that down even further now so the math is even less complicated yeah than so we are going we're, we're going down that path further absolutely the streamlining is uh, is essential so let me let me give you a comparison for example okay. uh, i played uh you know in a chronicle recently i played an osferatu uh combat character and uh, a lot of xp uh the character you know so let you know we quickly go through it he was a protean guy he had animals of five so under the old binance studio system he'd have you know, you'd add his physical traits, you'd add his brawl score, you'd add his plus two for a strength focus, you'd add his plus one for claws, you'd add his plus three for his uh, um, transformation into a raccoon, because why not? Uh, and then you'd add three more for animals and five with a manipulation focus to form an attack pool of 26. Um, you'll notice I cited like six numbers there. Uh, Disciplines no longer give bonuses to the number. That's not what they're for. Ultimately, attributes okay. and skills help form conceptually. Like, let's say your character's very strong and you want to be, if you want to be, you know, the best sword fighter in the universe, uh, you know, you want to have a high strength score and a high weaponry or a high melee score. Um, of course, these are, uh, this is a V5 system, so things cost more as you go higher up. So ultimately a character that is invested heavily in uh, melee uh, is going to have a higher chance of winning the tie and they put in because they put the XP in and what that XP represents is accuracy. They're, they, them spending that XP on, on the skill has value because they can't just be, that can't just be replaced by going to a discipline as an alternate source. Um, so, and when you when you look at that and you do the resolution, it's strength plus brawl versus dexterity plus athletics to dodge. And that's it. Those are the numbers. Um, you know, if you want a blood surge or use a one-time, you know, like a dyscrasia bonus where they make sense, you could do that. But 
most of the tests in the game are two numbers versus two numbers. Uh, and there are no celerity rounds, like no, no extra rounds for that uh, anymore. And there are no, Ooh, um, there's no, um, there's no retests because in the end, all that does is redo it redoes as the redoes the chop slows you down by one chop. Whereas if we just go, 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 you know, the three of us could probably sit here and play round after round very quickly because we're always in, you know, we are always in a, in a turn order that involves, you know, you, Steve, me, you, Steve, me, there's no, you know, no one's waiting to play for the celerity rounds to process. Um, and I think that that's, I think that that is efficient. I think it keeps players engaged I, because they don't have to sit and wait. I, I, I have to admit, I have to admit, played a few characters that were combat based, but they didn't have celerity. And the number of times I would find the combat finished before I'd sort of got close enough to anyone to actually hit them. Yeah. So I, I can understand because I remember the celerity rounds for some of the some of the characters, and you know you'd have like three, uh, two or three additional series of events happening that you had no ability to affect whatsoever. So. I can see how that will definitely streamline and speed up the process, especially from an ST's point of view. Exactly. Your player, your players are going to be engaged because, and not, you know, not mentally wandering off because their turn will always be coming up pretty quickly because it's just a quick, you know, a quick round of chops as everyone does their thing. Um, and then it's your turn again, uh, which uh, also incentivizes playing non-combat characters and doing, you know, some crowd control stuff and, buying disciplines other than murder disciplines because you get to participate mm -hmm. more often than you would in previous systems um so uh that's one of the design in philosophies especially around around uh speed of resolution making it easier for players to get involved is you keep the numbers small the amount of numbers that you have to work with small and the number of tests per player per turn small and suddenly you've got a lot quicker system so one of the things i've really enjoyed about is one of the things you said is is focusing on different types of characters like the character i created in this game is very much made of tinfoil not a combative guy uh very much the detective style and this intrigues me because i feel like my character will get a lot more play out of it um is was that your overall intentions just to well round out everybody or was it just, Hey, these are things players were saying, let's see what we can do to improve them. Uh, both. both. I mean, ultimately when you're design when you're designing a system, you want everybody to feel like they're getting, like they're getting good, good amounts of equal play. You want people to feel like they can do something and affect the world around them. And I mean, of course, you know, I, I I've been involved in, uh, so in some, large LARP clubs and you get a lot of information and people you know talk to you over time about well this is this part's fun and this part's not fun um but at, at the core of it you of course you want different kinds of characters to feel like they're able to be involved and to encourage people to play mental social and physical characters to their heart's content absolutely um so looking at the kick uh the the backer itself so you have all these different levels of it and one of the levels i'm probably going to screw up this word uh the the anti-diluvian uh, did i say that right Sam? anti-diluvian yeah anti-diluvian anti-diluvian 
Ah, yes. Think, de- think deluge, <laughs> as in there's it's it's before before the great flood. I like it. Actually, what it means. That's awesome. Yes. Um, since, the, so, since the great flood is canon in World of Darkness. <laughs> uh, I so I ended up funding that one, and so my character gets to write a quote in this book. Uh, I thought That's that fun. was really amazing. Like I got really giddy because my character will be forever a part of this system. And that was a huge, I, I, I wanted to give you guys huge props for doing something like that, because that is one, it's showing the TLC that you care for your players and your community. Also, it's, it's kind of a risk because you don't know what you're going to get. Um, what made you guys decide that that this was something you guys wanted to do? Finance Studios has been uh, been letting people uh, get their quotes for the book and How books for a while now, and people take it people mm-hmm. take it seriously. They they this is their moment to you know to put their mark on one of these books and have you know their character mentioned in World of Darkness. I find you know of course sometimes the the quotes are funny, uh, you know especially if the character the, the character is meant to be funny, but it's uh, you know it's. Uh, it's kind of a special moment. I, uh, I, 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 you know, I've, I know a bunch of people who are, have purchased some of these upper or the quote levels and they're, they're really putting a lot of thought into it. And I, I think that, uh, you know, of course, if someone makes a quote, that's absolutely, uh, you know, not so appropriate. Just, or in the case, maybe yeah, we can, utterly inappropriate. We can, yeah. Perhaps, you know, we can say, you know, maybe, maybe pick something else, but uh, <laughs> you know, we've I've yet to see someone, you know, uh invest to that level and then not you know put something in that meant something to them you know what i mean absolutely now i'm I'm curious too when you see this stuff and you guys are like i said you're 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 doing all these things where you're talking to players and helping them build npc characters and putting them into the books do you guys ever just sit there and go wow that's really good i like that i want to do that well it's my first round of this oh yes so i apologize yes but uh, I am sure that will happen at some mm. point during either the red listed or uh, or uh, Forsaken tiers or sorry not red listed the the, uh, the I think it's blood hunted the Forsaken tiers I am certain that I am going to see something that just makes me wish that I'd come up with it myself. <laughs> players have such great, players have such great creativity. Uh, so you've been doing all this writing. Um... Is there a specific clan that holds a little special place in your heart? Not that you're saying being biased. I won't say you're being biased towards a certain clan, but is there one that because of the work you've done that you hold a little closer to your heart? Uh, not because of the work I've done, but just because I because I love them so, mm-hmm. and I always have. I'm a I'm a I'm a venture fanboy. Are you okay? Oh, yeah. what, what what attracts you to the venture? It's uh, that concept of noblesse oblige and how they ultimately they're they are driven to uh, they're driven to the forefront and to leadership in well and both for good reasons and for bad reasons, <laughs> but also that that kind of lifestyle and you know, that sort of you know everyone being moved moved in that way it just to me it, it feels like you you know you you can do so much you can mean so much but on the other hand the flip side is you have to do so much and meaning so much isn't always easy um it's a it's a it's a a challenge i identify with uh, with my work and uh and uh yeah just 
it rings true and it's fun i like i, that I, I always kind of like the ventru perspective as well because as you said they're at the noblesse oblige which is that um ventru rule over other people for the other people for, for the good of other people at least they, they think so they be, that's what they think <laughs> they believe that they need to be in charge because nobody else everyone else will get it wrong so, the, so they are making a sacrifice by by dominating everybody around them <laughs> it's and it's a very interesting mentality to get into with the ventru it, you know because so the ventru are some of the most corrupt characters Absolutely. The they're some of the most monstrous <laughs> vampires, but they believe that you know they're the hero of their own story. Well, what's and, always and, fun about and, them. And, yeah. and people, you know, vampires that you know are drawn to power, you know, that's that whole story of you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. It's it's uh it's a hard line to walk in the clan. The clan has very, very high standards for its own people. But also, there's a whole lot of hypocrisy there in there, and you know, trying to blame other people for your, your own mistakes because the culture can, you know, the culture can be a little intense. It's uh, it, it it's been a lot of fun to play Venture in the past. Uh, I look forward to playing them again in the future. Awesome. Now, I, I I know this is your first time with this book and with By Night Studios by doing this book. Uh, but while you guys were creating this book, did you guys? end up LARPing the characters or your characters at all to practice to check it out? Uh, I didn't LARP any of my own characters. Mm. Uh, we did two full rounds of testing. We had an alpha round and a beta round with a bunch mm. of people. Shout out to the playtesters. Thanks so much for your help. Uh, and I had, I actually had a play, a local playtest at my house with a few people who, uh, you know, we were testing out different mechanics and sort of how, how they felt. Um, and yeah, it, uh, it, it was a lot of it was a lot of people doing a lot of fine work. Uh, this thing, this book, kind of got put through its paces. That's for sure. It, um, it it looks like it. Like you guys have you're. I mean, I don't want to say you're redoing everything, but you're trimming the fat, if you will. And you definitely have put the TLC into this. You've definitely put the love and consideration into this because, you know, I, case in point, you play a clan. You love this game. So why would you do something? destructive to a thing that you're passionate about uh and kudos for you for that I, I i will definitely say this uh as a person who never larped and this was my first experience was with by night studio stuff i will say you guys have done a good job uh so much so i think we've brought sam how many people have i brought now four or five new people in coming like into six, it i think now in the last <laughs> few months you brought into this big this chronicle so and, and these were all awesome. dn these were all dnd players so people who have never done LARP before and your system was the first system they ever touched. So you guys are doing the right thing. I, I, I'm very impressed. Um, so my, I guess my only question, my last question for you, kind of a tongue in cheek. Uh, are there any happy endings for any of the kindred kind that you can imagine? <laughs> well, Vampires don't get happy endings. <laughs> yeah, they might think. They might think. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I I just went with that whole like Warhammer 40k like grim darkness. Like there there are no happy endings in the 40k. So you know, <laughs> yes. why not? No. A kindred no. can hope. No, there is. <laughs> but uh, Corgan, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Um, 
I want to definitely give you guys a shout out. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please go to bynightstudios.com. That's where your guys' backer kit uh, can be quickly found. Not only that, can you find your guys' other stuff? Uh, you have pens, you have books, you have journals, you have everything anybody could possibly imagine. Um, am I missing anything? Like, it's just like this amazing site that you guys do pretty much everything and anything for kindred kind. Well, let me ask. Let me ask you guys a question. Yeah. What are you most excited about for in this uh, in this uh, uh, new edition? My quote. <laughs> Do no. you want to give me a sneak uh, peek? I will give you the entire quote. It's it's not. I don't think it's terrible. Um, let me pull it up here because I want to say it exactly how I had written it. Uh, uh, this is what I put. Things are never what they seem misdirection and subterfuge my friend they want you to look at the shiny coins so you don't see the dagger in your gut that bad huh beautiful oh it's nice it's haunting <laughs> um for me what i'm looking forward to in in this edition especially is going to be seeing how you guys adapt the sort of inner struggle of the vampire in because one thing i've always sort of never been able to quite get to hit right with previous like all of versions of like white wolf vampires was like the the vampire's struggle with his own humanity it always felt a little the rules always felt like they didn't quite blend and i i like what they're writing up in v5 about changing things with touchstones and adjusting sort of like you know a, a vampire's hunger integrating with like their own personal sense of morality so I'm looking forward to seeing how that gets translated into a, a live setting. You you want you want some information my boss doesn't want me to tell you? Of course. Oh, go I'll ahead, please. Some, <laughs> I'll give you some information my boss doesn't want me to tell you. Uh, humanity. Let's talk about humanity. Uh, yes. So you got used to beast traits in the original 2013 BNS. We are doing it V5 style. Mm -hmm. Sins gain traits. What is a sin is determined by the Chronicle Tenants. Uh, you get some uh, resistance to stains or reduction in the number of stains you get through your convictions. But of course, also the, with the conviction comes the touchstone. And the touchstone is connected to the world. And so there's a need to protect and care for those touchstones. Uh, they're, they're both very important uh, and very dangerous for a vampire you know vampires need people they wish they didn't sometimes i'm sure but they do need people and they need humans and those humans are uh you know those humans are uh both well, you know probably their Project. greatest strength yes. and weaknesses uh so that all exists it's all part of the world um so the test and of course a remorse test at the end of the night is very simple it's a rock paper scissors test with a a tie, the tie being based on uh, the number of stains you have, and like like everything else, it's a very straightforward uh, straightforward number, uh, and it's quick and it's easy. That's Consequential, awesome. uh, you know, if you if you if you start stacking up stains, you can lose humanity, and you know there are benefits to being high humanity in this game. So again, it makes you it makes you think about what you're doing. Because going around on a rampage, that, that causes a lot of stains. Um, so it's back to mm -hmm. uh, a system again 
like in V5 where your struggle with the beast and to maintain your humanity uh, is very much at the forefront again. Uh, you got to make your choices accordingly, and and also, you know, decide what your character cares about. What are the what is that? What are their, their convictions? You can have one to three, and you know, for each conviction, you got to take a touchstone. Uh, and so it's you know, take and then you you know, you take care of those touchstones, which is great for story, but also uh, you know, uh, a bit of a potential Achilles heel for a vampire. So managing those 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 humans and you know, taking care of them is important. Um, so yeah, that's. That's humanity in a nutshell, sort of in a in a short version. Uh, hopefully, that sounds fun. That sounds exciting. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> oh. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Also, and also, one of the cool things about Chronicle Tenants is mm. that they're customizable by your game. So, if you want a game that is, you know, very typical humanity, you know, don't kill unless the self-defense, you know, act like a person, not like a beast, uh, you know, you can do that. Or, but I think we have some examples of like, you know, you want to have a, you know, a cosmic horror focused game where it's about, you know, knowledge, the sins relate to knowledge. Or, you know, I think in V5, they had one about, uh, I seem to remember something about like a Gothic style game. Uh, you can, you can, encourage different styles of play and discourage different sorts of actions through setting your chronicle tenants and you can do that same thing here with larp it's very it's very customizable which i think is going to be really fun as people decide what they want their games to be about that's awesome i'm excited cool that sounds awesome (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sam, you got a lot of work ahead of you. I I, I look forward to it. Uh, which yes, yeah. I can sell that. <laughs> so the Kickstarter is going till next month. Uh, you guys have the plan of the book coming out in the fourth quarter, I believe, yep. is what your thing said. Uh, so for the printed one, yep. Yes. I I'm very much excited for it. Very much excited to hold this book in my hands. Um. Sir, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Seriously, thank you so much for giving us these little tidbits of information. And with all the chaos that is going on over at BNS, like you being able to just sit down for, you know, about an hour and talking to us has been absolutely amazing. Uh, Nothing but good things to say. Been a pleasure meeting you guys. Thank you so much for having me. So, Sam, we just got done talking with Finite Studios, uh, found a little information. We've got some 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 little tidbits. Um, I'm glad you were here <laughs> yes, because this is. is definitely more your area. I, I, I like, it, it I, is. I want... It's been a very, it's been a very long time that uh, I've been playing this game, and I've I've seen sort of every iteration of the of vampire as it as it's as it, it's gone by. Like I said, it was supposed to end mm. in like the early 2000s. Like White Wolf wrote the end of the world of darkness. Was there, it there the, the whole, Gehenna? The heroes, or... Well, what it is is they actually, it was they kind of made it a sort of choose your own adventure ending, oh, if okay. you will, in that every single different like book line mm-hmm. got a, an apocalypse book of some yeah, type, and that had in it like seven or eight different scenarios about how you could choose to end the world with your player group. And so the vampire had vampire had Gehenna, mm-hmm. and you had eight different choices of Gehenna. 
well, that you I, could I, play out with your players as a final thing. And there was everything from a very small, intimate idea the where they had but they, they have one where like the the world became covered with this poison that made vamp that started killing just vampires. And so there's the no happy and ending. Powerful, yeah. yeah, the eldest and most powerful. But <laughs> you and your player team and a group of select vampires found the only place in the world that was safe, oh. which was this one church. And you were put through all these judgments by God and to determine if at the end your tip, your players had been worthy to survive. And then those players that survived it would become human again. And that was one way you could end it. Or on the flip side, they had a big one called the Crucible of God, where all of the ancient vampire antediluvian progenitors of the clan woke up and destroyed the world by warring with one another. And eventually the players are finally able to find a way to put it all to vest but it's kind of a phyric victory because they've stopped the antediluvians, but too late because everyone else is dead. <laughs> well, I, it, that's terrifying and, and depressing. And, and uh, Werewolf, Werewolf had its own version for the apocalypse and Mage had the ascension and everything was supposed to have ended. Hmm. And then they created a new version of the system called Chronicles of Darkness, which was a whole different style of storytelling. But everybody who loved the original World of Darkness wanted some way to revive it. So By Night Studios rewrote that Gehenna never happened and then created their own timeline. And, well, and that's, um, that's what V20 going... did something similar. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I was going to get to is like, you know, Marvel has done the multiverses. Everybody has a multiverse. Yes. And the mm-hmm. fact that By Night Studios took over and said, hey, we love this project. We want to keep it going. And we have our own ideas and did with it. And, and again, this is the thing that I only know. And I think that's fun. Um, I like everything they've done. It's very streamlined comparatively to the old books. Because I went through, I have the old books. And then I was looking through the By Night Studios stuff. And it was like, yeah, this is a lot, a lot easier. I like this. So the is, fact yes. that... they did they did a very good job of smoothing over the system and making mm. it less cumbersome and they they wrote an interesting twist what i think was very clever about binance the way the binance studios wrote the timeline and they they got over the whole fact that the world was supposed to end mm. is they just didn't tell you why it didn't end <laughs> something happened and the Red Star disappeared and Gehenna was stopped. And they never provided an answer as to why it stopped. I so think they you left were free that... in your own chronicle to yes. create whatever you'd like yeah. to explain it. So yeah. they, they didn't even try and go into some whole ridiculous meta explanation of how, you know, someone found the crucible of God and turned it off or something like that. <laughs> they, they found the plug and unplugged it. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) they just said that something something occurred and it all ended and it then the vampires sort of emerged from the state of paranoia they'd been in for like 10 years Hmm. and they they then classified those years where everyone thought the world was about to end as like they're called the knights of turmoil yeah and it's sort of now a part of their history I, I, I like it. And I like that the fact that they left it open ended because, you know, that's it, it leaves for you like the, 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 the storyteller. It leaves a lot of opportunity. Now, 
looking mm-hmm. at what we know for their their project right now um from the storyteller's point of view are you how excited are you for this i'm i'm very intrigued to see to see what they make of it you see v v5 has been you know a a lot of people really like v part of v5 and i think there was a lot of points that they made about it making it very accessible to new players but you know how hardcore some nerds can be about no i i I had no idea what gatekeeping is (laughs) gatekeeping (laughs) law and stuff so there was obviously two v5 when it came out there were quite a few people who had a little bit of a uh, backlash because there was some very major changes to the system Mm. you know they cut down a lot of the disciplines and turned them into sort of various different types of combination disciplines they 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 cut down a lot of the clans um and the game is now focused more uh, in v5 is focused more on the point of view of the 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 anarchs Mm. um and the the sabat the, the other major factions of the world have kind of faded into the background to the degree you know the camarilla is a dusty old place that elders who can't adapt to the world that's, in. That's... the sabat have become rogue packs of individuals rather than like a monolithic organization and but... It's about the younger vampires and trying to find their place in the modern knights. So like you said, right here, it's smaller, it's more intimate. It makes more, but more it makes intense. sense though. It, it makes sense to me from looking at this point. The way they did it, it with with V five and everything is societies, cultures change. The Roman Empire yeah. was the number ones. Then it was the Brits, and now and the it, it just societies change and progress and regress and turn into different things since as much as the kindred like to say they're not human they are human and humanity alters and so that makes sense to change with the times that there's going to be the rise and fall of each empire and i i I get that and i i think i can look at that i can look at that a little more non-biasedly because i've only been playing Mm -hmm. this game for a shorter amount of time whereas someone who is seasoned such as yourself Mm -hmm. uh not saying this is you but like somebody can be a little more temperamental it's it's the same concept with people who watch the old star wars movies watch the originals and try to compare uh episodes you know one two and three and seven eight and nine to those they're like oh there'll never be those movies they're not the they're not four five and six you're right they're not four five and six because that was your childhood that was your star wars one two and yes. three that was my star wars like when i was a kid i freaking loved the hell out of them and then when i went back and watched That's one, what I was there's like, a lot there's always yeah. a lot of nostalgia exactly nostalgia informs i mean because you know i i was when return of the jedi came out I was part of the Star Wars fan club in the UK and um, I went to see it. I got, I won tickets to go and see it at a premiere in London a day before the rest of the country got to see it. Nice. Um, wow. It was a, a showing, it was a showing of all three movies at once. Wow. And I thought that was the, that when I finally, we finally got through the first two and then we got to see Return of the Jedi. I thought that was the best movie I have ever mm-hmm. seen. If I am truly going to be honest now, as an adult, the Ewoks were terrible. The 
plot was kind of a rehash of the first one. There was no reason to have another Death Star. It's it was not. Yes, I, as a child, it was the most amazing thing to me in the world. As an adult who could step back from that <laughs> nostalgia, I can see that it had a lot of flaws. That's okay. Flaws but are okay. The excitement I get when I see some of the yeah yeah a lot but way more flaws than. <laughs> You know, then the, the, the pe people, it, it is not a, it is not the perfect trilogy. I don't think there ever is going to be. be a, there's no the, perfect trilogy. And, there's not. And that's the thing. Yeah. Um, but, but it takes a, it takes an effort of will, if you will. <laughs> you have to really focus to step out of your nostalgia and your sort of geeky fandom and actually say, okay, looking at this with clean and fresh eyes, what, is this really, was this really the best idea or could it have been improved on? And, and I think that's where I, I you know, where, where people with V5 were a little bit, there were people who couldn't see past like, <laughs> no, I want all the things that I remember because was, I remember how much because I've memorized, I've memorized every single law book. I've memorized every single story. And, and again, it's, it's like, it's like um again you could take the star wars analogy you know like star wars expanded universe is yeah. gone it's True. no longer part of canon that was an epic and massive amount of detail went into yeah. the expanded universe and it just got written off and replaced by by something different and those who were heavily into it have never forgiven <laughs> well they'll never forget the Disney. for that no but I will say this, <laughs> I, I am, I, that's my kids beepers go off. Sorry guys. Um, so I will say this, I, I, I'm, again, I, I'm going to go back to the, the, the by night studio book because that's what this episode's about mm -hmm. is I'm excited that they're streamlining things because when I came into this game, it was very daunting to look at all the polka dots and I it was is, like, yes, Ooh. there is a lot of lore. There was a lot of history. There's a there lot of background so and it's and empowering they're, and they're coming out with a quick start guide with this and which has been unlocked in the kickstarter or the the backer kit. It, mm -hmm. there is a been unlocked in the backer kit and yeah so i'm excited for that because we are bringing more players in and this is i think that's going to encourage people to check this out more is to look at because the D, D crew the D, &D side of nerd culture can very easily relate to this uh, to to uh, vampires the masquerade, and that's that's I think that's why I've gotten so many of my D and D players over is because mm -hmm. we do some RP, and because we do some RP, we're able to gently slide a lot more into the LARPing side for VTM. And half the players out there had played Skyrim or Elder Scrolls of some sort, and you get to be a vampire or a werewolf in it, and it's just one of those fun things to always try out. Like I want to be a vampire. So I, I, like I said, I'm excited about this, um, especially from the player's point of view and knowing that you're very much intrigued from the storyteller's point of view gives me uh, high hopes for this. And after talking, you know, to them, it was, I, I, I have the faith because they are definitely players. Mm -hmm. you know and oh, it's yeah. no they are play that's the thing that we've always liked about bns is they they came from a player perspective and it was always about making it more accessible absolutely and and, and i think that's something that i'm I, i'm intrigued to see because 
it's very when your primary like random number generator has only three states mm -hmm. the rock paper scissors it's 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 difficult to it's got to be interesting trying to get all those numbers to crunch together mm, absolutely when when you only have like a three variables that can occur in any given situation so on a technical absolutely. level that's a challenge <laughs> but uh kudos to him kudos to him so let's go ahead and let's wrap this up as always please like subscribe and follow us wherever you're listening to podcasts and if you are listening to us on apple or spotify please remember to rate and review we're also on instagram for facebook so please remember to like and follow us at dna pod or on our webpage nerddnapod.com i'm your host steve Pugh, and i was joined by by night studios corgan cassidy and i have been joined by the connoisseur of the darkness the protagonist of the ilk the storyteller of my heart and yours, Mr. Sam. Sam, sir, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you and good night.